She'd probably throw something at me. Calling her right now. <laughs> Wait while I transfer your calls. We're going to get Jeanette on the line. Our lifeline. Banana mint. Banana mint. It doesn't... <laughs> as little as 20 minutes has been reported to reduce photosynthesis by as much as 50%. I'm trying to do uh, no mo me. I'd be a little nervous to take them out. How do you ensure that they're planted correctly so they'll survive? I have worms. <laughs> oh my God, you're going to make that the sound bite. <laughs> Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, we're finally getting the green thumbs up for planting, Colin. You like what I did there? I did did traffic uh, symbols, the thumbs up, the green thumb. Well done. Right? I thought of that all on my own. Nice. You're up till two in the morning on that one, eh? (laughs) How exciting is this? It's finally here. It really is. Uh, Sorry, I just want to go back to green thumbs up. I actually really love that. So the green thumbs up. I, and, and I mean, this year, uh, like every year, yeah, it's it, the May long weekend is here. It is safe to plant. It was probably safe to plant last weekend. And yeah. one thing I do want to mention as well is if you don't get a chance to plant this weekend, you can plant next weekend. I actually ended up going out and you know how I said I was going to do yard work for my yep. mom for Mother's Day. So we did end up doing that. Nice. Um, we ended up uh, weeding her entire perennial garden and then we uh, put landscape fabric down and then mulched that and uh, left a rhubarb, left some uh, irises in there, left a daylily in there. And then that was it. We just simplified it, yep. cleaned it up and it looks so spiffy. There's so much to be said for uh, a clean garden as a landscaper. When I showed up to to do a yard and it was like a massive overhaul, somebody wanted to change everything, like do a do a brand new garden. It's always better when you show up and it's nothing but grass. Yeah. It's like having a blank canvas. Yeah. Where you show up and there's retaining walls and rock gardens and maybe a water feature and you're like, okay, I've got to pull all of this out. I've got to find somewhere to store it all. I've got to reincorporate it back into a design. So going simple and clean goes a long way. How happy was your mom? Oh, she was so excited. It's just low maintenance. You know, a garden can be whatever you want it to be. And at her stage in her life, a simple, low maintenance was the way to go. I took mom out for uh, for Mother's Day on Saturday Mm -hmm. and give her her usual uh, Happy Mother's Day uh, Golden Naked gift card. Hey, did you set a date to come in? Uh, She came in the next day. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't waste any time. Nope. She was here Sunday morning. Morning. By Sunday afternoon, uh, they'd already uh, planted all of the balcony and they had the flowers and they were they were so happy. Wow. Yeah. You know, and some years you, you can't do that because sometimes you get that that snowfall that happens on May long weekend. And I guess I kind of want to go into that. Like, why do we wait? Why is the May long weekend the standard rule of thumb for Canada? Because it's generally safe and it's easy to remember. Mm-hmm. That's what about it. If we were like, oh, uh, the safe day to plant is May 17th, people would be like, uh, was that May 18th, 17th? Yeah. You say the May long weekend, it's easy to remember. Plus, most people have a three-day weekend, so you can spend time in the garden, but you don't lose your whole weekend. You can still do other mm-hmm. things. But most places in Canada by the May long weekend, uh, most places that I've lived, you're well out of the frost zone. Calgary is its very own X factor when it comes to the weather. It really is. Yeah. Uh, we have no idea what we're going to see or when we're going to see it. So it's it's generally just that safe, easy to remember. People have the time and you're good to go. That's that's what it boils down to. The, 
There really isn't science behind it. No, you know, it's really interesting. Some people live by doing that May long weekend bit. Um, I know somebody who took Thursday and Friday off because they do this every year. So they have a five day weekend and every year they do their transplanting outside. What do they what do they do on the weekends when it snows? I don't even know. That would really suck. Like, you're like I've got all this time and then you look at the weather forecast and they're like, "Oh, it was going to be nice, but Saturday we're now calling for minus 2, yeah. which has happened before. It's it's, you know, that's not preposterous, but I fully support that. Take the time. It's easy to remember. It's fun to do and I can tell you it is very rare that I plant on the long weekend. Is it? Yeah, I'm so busy. Yeah. You know, I I don't recall ever having the May long weekend off. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm so busy. I'm so tied up. Very often I'll be planting the weekend after. Yeah. But I already have uh, some plants out on the deck, some pots. Um, I got Jenny a lavender. Uh, we've got some hanging baskets, just small bibs and bobs. Yeah. And one of one of my hanging baskets has actually been outside now for over two weeks and it's doing fine. Yeah, it's simply out there because I forgot to bring it in one night. <laughs> Sometimes you hit a point where they're just going to have to live or not. Exactly. And that, I, I was putting it out and I was like faithfully bringing it in and I was on top of it. And then as as we've said before, for whatever the occasion, uh, life happens. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was sitting at work uh, the next day and it was like 11 in the morning and I'm, I'm writing an order or, or receive. And I was like, oh my God. And I instantly texted Jenny and I'm like, can you go look at the plant? Oh my God. I don't know how bad it. And she was like, it looks fine. And I was like, all right, well, you're outside now, bud. You know, <laughs> um, you gifted me a tomato, which yep. has been doing incredible, but I sort of did the same thing. I hate to admit <laughs> this. It was outside and they were so tall yep. by the time I, I got it home. And and so I completely forgot about it being outside too. I look outside. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme of the sunflower holding on to the fence? <laughs> With the wind hitting it? Yeah, it was so windy and it was just like... Yeah, and I was like, "Well, it's like immunity yep. building. I'm sure you know if you live this, yeah. you'll live you know anything." What? You know what's interesting though? There is a flip side to that as well. The lavender I got Jenny. Yeah, I put it outside, and I put it um, on our little uh, seating area, and our, our deck has got uh, it's surrounded on three sides. Nice. So the house is on two sides, and then the other side is like a fence, and we can see over it. It's a really nice little nook. Uh, but I put the lavender out in full sun. Didn't think anything of it. That's where it wants to be. It's in a pot. Checked on it a few hours later, whatever the time might have been, full wilt. It was, yeah, it it was shocked from the amount of heat. Oh my goodness. It wasn't used to it. Yeah. So that, and it wasn't just the heat, it was how powerful the sun is because, yeah, we're in a greenhouse and the UV comes through, but I can't remember what our Lexan ratio is, like a a 60-40 or something, which is why we can work down there and not get like fully sunburned and it's not brutal on the eyes. Uh, but the plants still get the UV. Mm-hmm. But that plant went from getting like 60% UV to 100% against a white wall. So it's being reflected on it and hot and dry. Wow. And even a lavender, which loves full sun, I was like, oh, watered it, like literally flooded it and put it in the shade. Mm-hmm. So there's a flip side where when we're taking our seeds outside, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all super sensitive to snow and frost and cold. We don't think about it. I've, I've seen plants before where I've taken them outside uh, and the leaves have gotten sunburned. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not used to that strength. They've been under my grow lights, 
but my grow lights are very controlled and very gentle. I put them outside and they're like, oh my God, like this is the real deal. Yeah. And it can shock them. So we do have to consider the other side as well. So kind of what would you even do for that? And I know I've heard of term um, hardening off. Is that sort of yep. what we're talking about? And, and and another expression for it is climatizing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're, you're getting the plant used to uh, the climate. A number of years ago, um, when I lived in Montreal, Montreal, it wasn't the, the city of Montreal. I lived in a village. And another village in Canada, in Nova Scotia, gifted us some trees. And they asked me if I would uh, be on the committee to decide where they went. And so I said, sure, of course. So I was part of it. And, and we were talking about it. Again, it, it's bureaucracy that we were dealing with. Somebody said the trees arrive on this date, uh, whatever it might have been. Like the, the trees arrive on Monday and we're planting them Tuesday but they were arriving in a refrigerated truck. Yeah. And I said, oh, no, we can't. Uh, we need to put them somewhere uh, where we can get them used to the temperature because you're going to take them out of the fridge and drop them into a Montreal summer. It's 34 degrees. The humidity is like 90%. Like they, they're going to shock. Uh, they were like, no, we have to do it. This is when we have the planting team. And I was like, no, you need to delay it. They're, they won't live. And we went backwards and forwards and uh, I recused myself from the committee. I'm like, I don't want any part of this. And they did it. Uh, they did it exactly the way they said. 80% of the trees died. No. Yep. Yeah, they went into full shock. So you need to climatize both ways. Yeah, that's like coming from Mexico and not putting on a winter jacket. Yeah, yep, exactly. Like getting off the plane. Like, when you travel, you dress for the destination. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're leaving Mexico and guess what? It's amazing and it's warm, but you should have like jeans and a hoodie or something in your bag yeah. and put them on on the flight. Yeah. The city there, again, it was bureaucracy. There were, there were plenty of other people upset. One guy that I was working with was like, do you realize how embarrassing this is going to be for our village, like our, our sister village that are going to ask us how the trees are doing? Yeah. It was very simply just put them somewhere and let them get used to it where we can monitor them. And then we'll get them out. We're talking a week. Mm -hmm. When you have a plant that is being grown in one type of environment, unless you're bringing it into a more gentle environment. So if you're doing the reverse in the autumn uh, and you're bringing a plant inside, yeah. as long as you've got the right amount of light or grow lights, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Because you're bringing it in somewhere more gentle. Mm -hmm. But if you're going out into extreme weather, be that cold or rain or heat or sun, yeah, the plant the plant's going to need, you know, a bit of a heads up. Would you say that there are some plants that wouldn't need that hardening off? Like I know that some plants like pansy, for example, are quite resilient, in, especially in the colder yep. uh, climate. So is that something that you wouldn't need to or? There, 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 there's probably some that can do it. Like that lavender, once I got it out of the sun, watered it, it, it came right back up. Okay. Now it's back in full sun. So it's not game over. No, no it's just why shock them though? Because it, here's the other thing. Say I'd gone out on that day yeah. and I hadn't caught it. Oh, yeah. Then I might not be able to bring it back. So I just, again, we wait for this and and we're all so excited and we want our gardens to do the best. Why push it? Yeah. You know, just just take your time and just and keep an eye. It can be as simple as put them out the first day and just keep an eye on. Them. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you forgot the tomato. I forgot my hanging basket. I forgot my fuchsia. Life is going to happen. And I have forgotten things and lost them before. A couple of years ago. Couldn't help myself and I got Jenny begonias and yep, we got hit by a frost and I'd left it outside and it just wiped the begonia out. Yeah. 
And Jenny was like, oh, do you think it'll come back? And I was like, absolutely not. Let's go buy another one. Back to the garden center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can fix this, but not that one. <laughs> I can fix the situation, not the plan. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about transplanting and the process of transplanting because you've spent, what, eight weeks on these yep. seeds, nursing them inside. I'd be a little nervous to take them out. How yep. do you ensure that they're planted correctly so they'll survive? So again, you know, uh, pl- it's like planting anything. It, 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 it's like planting a tree from a pot or a pre-grown tomato or anything like that. You want your soil level to be the same as whatever the soil level is in whatever container it's in. And then you can use frost blankets. They can help keep the sun off it. They'll come in very handy for that. So they can offer kind of shade, but they allow uh, the UV in. Okay. Other things that I've done before. I've used basically like the the solo cups, but the the see-through plastic ones mm-hmm. and put them over them and they become mini greenhouses. Oh, that's so smart. So I drop them over them, lift them off during the day, let them breathe at night. Might be a little it might be a little chilly. I pop them on. Yeah. And they work they work great. And then just keep an eye on them. Lots of water. Yep. Um I, I so I was doing I was uh, working with a community doing some planting. Yep. And uh, somebody had already done some and they asked me if I could help them. And I said, yeah, what's up? And uh, one of the tomatoes wasn't looking good. Oh. Uh, and he's like, I-, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, water it. And he was like, oh, I thought it was too much water. So I stopped watering it. Oh. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. This tomato is outside now. Like you want to, wa- if you think you've watered it uh, enough, give it some more. Yeah. And he he did. And uh, I, mean, I told him I'd go back and check on it with him and uh, and have a look. Again, they're tender, they're, they've been babied, just keep an eye on them. Yeah. Just keep an eye on them and react quickly. A, a mature plant, they tend to react to problems slowly. Baby seedlings can can go pretty quick. But if you've been growing them for eight weeks, they should be pretty healthy. They should be ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then anything that you're going to direct sow, you don't even have to worry about. It'll grow into the conditions. What is direct sowing? Sticking the seed directly in the ground outside. So what kinds of things... Can you direct so? So, because I know that, I mean, obviously you, you start tomatoes and peppers and all that indoors. So what can you start outdoors? Arguably, okay. I, I, <laughs> just to be completely pedantic, anything, you really can. But the ones you're going to have the most success with, basically look for germination time and harvest time. Okay. Anything that's going to be quick. So uh, lettuce, spinach, kale, they are three winners. Uh, they're all pretty resistant to cold. Uh, you can get them out, and on a good season, you can do three crops of seeds easily. Well, yeah. Uh, carrots, uh, radishes, parsnips, a lot of the root vegetables. I'm trying to think if there's one you can't, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Broccoli and cauliflower, I have done it. It just takes a while. Oh, okay. It just yeah. takes a while. Uh, start them indoors or buy them pre-grown. A couple of years ago, I did broccoli uh, pre-grown, and we harvested it in July, and it was amazing. Other times when I've done it myself uh, with a direct sow, you're harvesting it end of August, September. Oh, okay. But here's another good thing. Stagger your growth. So start some seeds. I think we talked about this when we did seeds. Um, start some. A month later, start some. And then do some direct sowing. Yeah. And that way you're not harvesting 87 heads of lettuce at once. And you're like, oh, uh, I can't eat this much. Right. And it goes to waste. Yeah. You, you, you're trying to give it away. It's yeah. going to waste. And and you're getting frustrated. You can, you can grow the same amount of plants, stagger the growth of them. Yeah. So start some broccoli direct, uh, buy some pre-grown and start some seeds. This is going to sound silly. Start some seeds a month ago. <laughs> but 
This is for next year. <laughs> but if you if you stagger your growth, then you're going to be harvesting at different times. You're not harvesting all at once. I mean, not just the vegetables, but also the flowers. I mean, just going in here, sunflower is something that you can direct sow into the ground and then watch that grow and then harvest it. You can harvest it for seeds. You can enjoy it yeah. for the flower. The pollinators love it. The birds love it if you let it go to seed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you let it go to seed, the birds will come and pick the seeds out. Mm -hmm. um, I've... I started one sunflower inside with Harry years ago because he wanted to. Every every other one of my sunflowers I direct so. Oh yeah. Yeah, I direct so sunflowers aren't regular annuals; they're one and done. Mm -hmm. So you, starting them earlier to get the flower, they're just going to die sooner, kind of yeah. thing. So I like mine to be to be up there, but lots of water, lots of fertilizer. You you will. I've never not got a sunflower. Yeah. You know, so and all the ones that I've ever started in the in the one or two gallon pots, they've all been direct so straight into the pot. Do you recommend fertilizing seeds once you've planted them? No, you're not going to hurt them direct so, but uh, they don't they don't need anything. Okay, they don't need anything. And then once they're germinated, you you could hurt them. Um, you can burn the roots. Again, they don't need anything. So normally, what I advise inside is uh, don't fertilize till your first transplant. Normally, your first transplant is going to be anywhere from three weeks to a month. Yeah. Do the same outside. Okay. So once you see them like actively popping up when they're past the cotyledons and they're really starting to grow, they've generally expended everything that is in them. And now they're relying on what their roots are pulling up. Then you can start fertilizing. Don't, don't fertilize till you see heavy active growth. Mm -hmm. if, if it's dormant or if it's very slow, uh, do that. And actually, one, one thing... I'm going to bring up now, and again, this is uh, something to be aware of every year, but this year very specifically. Have you noticed when you're outside and you're looking around, some trees haven't fully leafed out yet? Yeah. Okay. Water. We are seriously lacking water. Yeah. The trees aren't getting the energy because of the lack of photosynthesis. Yeah. So I've, I've noticed that in yeah. my yard, certain parts, um, things have just kind of stopped. They've just kind of stunted. They're like, I, I don't have anything. So absolutely, I've been uh, getting some water out. As much as I can, I like my plants to rely on themselves. Uh, but a lot of there's there's no moisture in the air. Soaker hose, deep watering system, move that around. Get as much moisture out there because I've seen it in parks. Yeah. Two trees will be, will be fully opened and in flower. And the other one has got maybe a fifth of the amount of flowers and the leaves aren't even fully open. Yeah. And it's really being stunted and that that is going to damage it in, in future years. Now, one good rainfall, uh, we should be okay. Yeah. It, it's like every year, you know. Um, this year especially, I mean, we can talk about the smoke and, and how it's affecting us in Calgary, but shout out to the people who are being majorly affected. Yeah. Like people have lost everything. Um, people are still evacuated. I think the last I heard was over 30,000 people have been evacuated. That's what I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty devastating. Uh, shout out to uh, the firefighters, the military who are trying to combat it and, and everybody. Yeah, all who, the helicopters that are yeah. flying out to try to, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, they've got help from the ground, from the air. Calgary have sent fire trucks out. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't go and, and do anything. I can't, I'm not a firefighter. I don't have any expertise. I need to be here for my family, et cetera, et cetera. So I can only focus on what I can do. Um, and, you know, this smoke, uh, it can cause havoc to our plants. Yeah. You know, it really can. They're, they're not getting the proper UV. The air is dry. It's hard for us to breathe. It's hard for them to breathe. Yeah. 
you know, and that can be, and, and a lot of times too, that, uh, that sediment. So I haven't, I haven't, I don't have any respiratory problems. I haven't had any problems uh, with my breathing yeah. uh, the last couple of days. I have had a very scratchy throat. Yeah. You know, I, I talking like that. <laughs> have fun editing that part. Even Brad was mentioning his eyes have been extra scratchy. Yep. Yeah. My eyes were really itchy on uh, Tuesday. Uh, the smoke was, so in the morning it was fine. Uh, early morning, early, early morning. And by mid-morning, the smoke was so thick, my eyes were burning. And then by the afternoon, my throat was scratchy. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people I was seeing that were rubbing their eyes. Mm-hmm. And that sucks for us. It sucks for our animals, but it does have an effect on the plants. The plants are just slower to react. Yeah, I actually found this article um, by the University of California talking about smoke impact yep. on your garden. And this was really interesting. They said chemically... More than 100 different compounds have been identified in smoke, including toxic levels of nitrous oxide, sulfur dioxide, and ozone. Short-term exposure to smoke, as little as 20 minutes, has been reported to reduce photosynthesis by as much as 50%. Wow. Um, consequence of both the disruption, destruction of chlorophyll, light capturing green pigment, and in impeding the movement of carbon dioxide into the plant through leaf pores. And that was directly from, from the article. So it's just, it's, it definitely, it impacts yep. us. It impacts our garden. That is insane. 20 minutes. And this is... Two days? Yeah, exactly. And I know I even reached out, somebody reached out asking, hey, should I be planting right now or just keep them inside until the smoke kind of dies down a little bit? And I mean, there's, I mean, you can probably try to give your your plants some moisture, try to yep. open up those pores a little bit more. If, 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 if your plants are big enough and they're hardy enough, again, not seedlings, but if, you, if your plant is big enough, healthy enough, like Tony Asta Hedge, your yeah. perennials, spray them down with the hose. Yeah. Wash them off, wash the leaves off. I do that frequently in the summer because of the dust. Calgary is very dry. The wind blows up a lot of dust. I, I wash my uh, wash my leaves off twice a year. I do my houseplant leaves, give them all a wipe down. I should do it more often, but eh, I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> but I would absolutely plant in these conditions. I, I would. However, if you don't have to be outside or you've got any kind of respiratory problem uh, and your plants... It, if they've been growing inside for two months, again, imagine if there was a frost, you wouldn't put them out. Yeah. So just wait that that three more days, the week, whatever it might be, and get them out when it's safer for you, more comfortable for you, and better for them. Yeah. You know, it's it again. Why why risk it? Um. So Harry plays on a rugby team. Okay, young kids. Uh, they're in high school grades uh, ten to twelve, and they full on canceled the game. Because they didn't want the kids heavy breathing. Yeah. And the smoke, they full on, they rescheduled, but they, they didn't want the kids doing it. Somebody like my mom who has respiratory problems, she can't open windows. Yeah. You know, so it's just not worth uh, the risk to yourself. Why be uncomfortable? Why why put your plants through that if you can't wait? I would do it. I really would. Um, but I don't have to. No. You know, I would do it because if... If that was my time, I had the time available. I'm probably going to be like, well, I'm going to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. But, but absolutely, that's that's a great question. Um, don't do it. And yeah, garden safety. It's a time of year when we forget. Or another one I can be guilty of is I go outside. I have zero intention to garden, yeah. so I don't put on any SPF. Yeah. I don't do anything, and I go outside, and then I go, ooh, I should deadhead that. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's some weeds, and next thing you know, I've been out for an hour. Yeah. 
you know, and, and the, you know, this week when I was doing, uh, doing the community planting, we started, uh, relatively early in the morning. And of course I get carried away and I'm, I'm doing my thing. Completely forgot to drink water again. <laughs> I drank coffee. But yeah, it's a tough habit to get into. Yep. I mean, even after our conversation um, about stretching before you go into the garden, go over to my mom's house. What did I forget to do? I forgot to stretch. I just got so excited. Yep. Let's get into it. And it took me two days to right. recover from that. I could not even touch my toes. Yep. And you and and at the end of the day, you probably you probably felt it. You're probably oh, that feels good. Yeah. And then the next day, you're like, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> yep. I've and. And that's, that's us. We've, we've done webinars on it. We talk about it all the time. We crack jokes about it. Um, I'm pretty good at stretching. It doesn't take long. Plus I, I, uh, I use my uh, tools. So if I've got a rake, I'll, I'll use that to help me stretch oh. and everything. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I have no problem doing that. I, but I absolutely forget to hydrate and I haven't been sunburned, but I have pushed it to the limit. Yeah. I have absolutely pushed it further than I should. Um, if my dermatologist is listening, I'm making this part up for the podcast for street cred. <laughs> if uh, Dr. Devani isn't listening, I absolutely have pushed it. <laughs> but um, again, it's just not worth it because imagine you did your mom's and then uh, you and Brad had plans to do yours the next day. You wouldn't have been able to. No, we lost two good days of yep. gardening out of it. Exactly. From from just something as simple as stretching, taking a break midway. I do that to myself all the time. I finish and I'm like, oh yeah, this feels good. Why do I have a raging headache? And I'm like, all oh, right, because you've drank no water. <laughs> so, you know, having that safety for us and for the plants is absolutely like it, it's a massive consideration. So, yeah, look after yourself and look after your plants. And if you can wait, wait, it's not unusual that we're going to get hit with snow or frost or massive heat waves. So let's just bide our time and get and get it out when it's good for everybody. And when we're talking about different things that you can be doing in the garden on the May long weekend, um, I know a lot of people have been saving their lawn work yep. for this weekend. And it's a great, I mean, the, the, what? so we, we talk about dethatching. Yep. We have an entire podcast dedicated to lawn care. So you yeah. can check back. The Sodcast. The Sodcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dethatching, fertilizing, raking. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying something new this year. Oh, what? I haven't been able to do it because uh, you know how I feel about things getting messy and cluttered. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to do uh, No Mow May. What? I've never heard of this. Yeah, you should look it up. It's uh, it's a movement. It's called No Mow, M-O-W, No Mow May. No Mow May. No Mow May. And the idea behind it is because everything is slow and we're waiting on stuff to allow uh, all of your grass and uh, dandelions and everything else to come up for the pollinators and for the bugs and for the critters so we're not damaging their environment and we're allowing things to establish. Oh, well, shoot. We should have we should have figured this out at the beginning of May. You know, credit where credit is due. It was Jenny who brought it up this year. So I, I always see it and I go, yeah, I, I, I think I can do it. And then by whatever, like May 12th, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and we know how much I love cutting grass. Not at all. But it's it, it, it's long, it's shaggy. I'm like, mm, yeah. it, it, it's getting to me. But this year, I'm trying. Yeah. We're already midway through the month and I haven't cut the grass yet. You know, it's too late for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel it, but it's it's actually a movement on uh, limiting grass cutting. And I, I absolutely know there are some people who are just going to be like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Right. And I get that. It, if your pride and joy is your lawn, yeah. absolutely, you, you're going to cut it. And I get that. 
but for others it might give them a chance. Yeah. Okay. And they might be like, ah, go for it. And, and if we normalize it, then we can all be lazier in May and not cut our grass. Wow. Yeah. When we're all busy, right? Exactly. May is such a busy <laughs> month. I'm like, oh, wait, uh, is that no laundry May? Do we have? <laughs> wait. So if you're, if you're doing no, no mo May. Yeah. Then, uh, then yeah, you shouldn't be dethatching or anything because you should technically mow before you dethatch, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, ideally, you, the shorter the better because when you're dethatching, if your grass is longer, are you going to do more damage to oh, it? Okay. Fertilizer. I mean, if you if you're if you're fertilizing and not planning on cutting, your lawn is going to get real long. Yeah. So there's there's a number of things, but I I, I think what it's looking for there to be honest, is uh, more for lawn alternatives. Yeah. Okay, kind of like what I do with my lawn, where I let my lawn just completely naturalize. It can do whatever it wants. That's what I'm going to do. If my lawn is pristine Kentucky blue, I'm probably going to hurt it by not cutting it. So you've got you to take all of that into, uh, into consideration. But I'm trying, and you know what? I have seen uh, tons of pollinators. And was it last week? I was so excited. Couldn't get a photo. I did try, but it flew away. Uh, I saw my first dragonfly. Really? Big dragonfly in the yard. And I got super excited, of course. And I ran after it and it it flew away and they moved so fast. Yeah. And it would stop and I'm trying to creep up on it and then it would take off again. So I, I didn't get a photo, but I did see my first dragonfly and that made me very happy. I'm loving seeing all of the spring blooms. So I was just outside the the garden center here and I saw this beautiful pink tree. And I actually went into the tree lot and I was like, hey guys, what's this tree? And they said it was a thunderchild crab apple. So it had that beautiful pink bloom, right? So I put it on our social media just saying like, hey, what's flowering in your community? And and when I go in through New Brighton and I see all of the uh, the flowering plum trees, they're starting up. Um, All of the apple apple tree in my mom's yard, that's already starting to bloom. The May days are all open. Yeah, the May days. It's looking amazing out there. The other night it was really hot. And we didn't want to take Jimmy uh, to the Frisbee Park. Yeah. Because it was it was too hot for him to be running. So we're like, oh, what are we going to do? He has to go out. Uh, so we went to Confederation. And we went down to the water. And I, I know, if, okay, if the city bylaw are listening, I absolutely didn't let my dog off the leash. If they're not listening, I absolutely let Jimmy in the water. And it just, it cools him down. It, obviously, Jimmy's very well trained. There was nobody else around. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, I, I wasn't meant to do it. I'm not sorry one bit. But I, I let I let Jimmy go to cool down. But Confederation was gorgeous. It was all of it's It's so green. It was so warm. Yeah. The sun is up so late now. It was like 8.30 and I'm wearing shorts and t-shirt and my slides. And Jenny and I are just walking through the park. She's like, you know, sundress, her big, okay, Jenny looks stylish. I was wearing like, like literally cut off shorts in and in an old t-shirt, like looking, they're probably like, oh, look at that girl with that homeless oh, man. No. <laughs> but both of us just in the, in the summer clothes, so warm. And oh. it was like eight, eight thirty at night. Isn't that amazing? That sort of elongates the, the time that you can do planting too. Yep. So maybe, you know, don't plant during the middle of the day, maybe save it for that early morning and, yep. and late evening. And just, I always try and get my, I always try and get in my garden first thing in the morning. Yeah. I don't want to be gardening at two in the afternoon. No, it's it's oh. not my it's not my jam. But I was thinking, you know, Calgary. If you were like this year round, people would like you more. Yeah, like be better, Calgary. Oh <laughs> like five months of minus forty. Come on, makes come you on. appreciate it a little more, though. Hey, oh, 
It, it really does. Every And that's the other thing about the May long weekend and, and maybe the weekend around it. So working in the garden industry, and especially now in a garden center, honestly, nothing. I, I work a long week doing, you know, 101 things as, as we do at this time of year. But on Saturday doing the webinar, I, I still have energy. I still have energy because I come in and everybody is happy and we get, we get so many customers and yeah, you know what? There's always going to be somebody who isn't happy. Yeah. Okay. That's life. Anything can happen. I, I zero judgment. You know what? You have to go to the grocery store. You have to go to a yeah. bank. You have to go to certain places. You don't have to come here. So when you are here, it's because you're looking at flowers, you're mm -hmm. looking at the veggies, you're talking about trees, you're getting your lawn fixed, whatever it might be, but you're doing something positive and the sun is normally shining. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uplifting. It's an experience, right? You're you're planting happiness. And yep. to come into your local garden center and to yep. access those resources, access the the plants that grow well in your climate, access the people who know what will do well in your garden and and take this time on the May long weekend to educate yourself and to understand what's gonna work well. Dream yep. a little. What are you gonna enjoy for the for the next two months in your garden? See what's new. Yeah. One thing that people are flocking to this yet long may it continue are and we we talked about this on a on an earlier podcast but people are loving the predator bugs and the nematodes yes They're, yesterday uh, i was downstairs on the floor and i i overheard the conversation i didn't join in but somebody had heard me on a radio show uh, somebody asked me if i would come and and talk on their radio show and I did, and they wanted to talk about nematodes. No way. Yeah, and they were like, oh, it sounded amazing. And I looked it up, and it was it was really cool. And they were here getting nematodes. Wow. And I was like, that is great. And, you know, it was an older person. Mm -hmm. It was somebody who's probably tried every single product on the planet, and now they're like, oh, this sounds cool. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, we're reaching people. And for the first time that I can remember in a long time, because, again, the, the inclement weather – we have uh, ladybirds. Yeah, they are one of our number one selling products mm -hmm. because they're fun. They're great to release with the kids. Yeah. Uh, the, everybody loves ladybirds. Yeah. Nothing is going to work better than a biological, taking care of a biological problem. So I'm so excited to see uh, the new products. We've got like red, red wriggler, red wriggler worms. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got worms. I have worms. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna make that the sound bite. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> But uh we have we have worms in uh this year. We have bees, we have the praying mantis, nematodes for birch miner, for uh lawn grubs, for ants. Like it is so much fun looking at and and the amount of people that maybe they looked last year and didn't do it, but this year they're doing it. The people who come to look for the new perennials or the new houseplants or the new, and, and that level of excitement. It's oh yeah. I think I was just downstairs in the annuals department and I saw for the first time in my 15 years here, annual trees. So um, we had uh, lantana yes. and they were up as yes. our trees. So there's always going to be something new that the gardening you know, yeah. world is looking to, yep. to create. And it's so exciting. Yeah. Big, big shout out to our, uh, our friend and uh, colleague, Jeanette. Yeah. She is so awesome when it comes to, to picking things out and, and knowing what works. You're right. I didn't even think of that. When I walked by, I did a double take. Yeah. 
And, and I'm like, what? And I was like, oh my God. I went over and looked at them. So many different herbs. Have you seen the, uh, the selections of mint? There's watermelon mint, ginger mint, strawberry mint, banana mint, chocolate mint. I, I'm going to start repeating myself. Uh, last time I counted, I think there was 12 or 13 different. And, and then, of course, peppermint, spearmint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the regular ones. But the stuff they're doing with it, it's wild. That's very wild. Yeah. And some of them, I feel like uh, I feel like Jeff Goldblum from uh, Jurassic Park. I'm like, you are more preoccupied uh, whether or not you could. Because I'm like, banana mint. Banana mint. It doesn't... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't sound appetizing. Somebody's like, I made you a smoothie. Oh, what flavor is it? It's banana and mint. Right. You'd be like, and who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, for a tropical drink, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe banana mint is an amazing garnish for mojitos. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe that's why you use it. Or, or maybe it's a, a, a topping for like tacos. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know, but people are willing to try it. Yeah. People are, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I already pulled the leaves off and uh, smelled them, and I was like, "Could you tell? It's like faint." Yeah, exactly. And I, I I'm telling myself, I'm like, uh, "Can I smell that?" But some of them, absolutely, the chocolate mint, yeah, can't mistake it. Uh, the watermelon mint. At first, I was like, "Ooh, citrus mint doesn't sound." But you can actually buy like um, whatever, like Altoids that are like citrus mints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, actually, they are good. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound in your head like maybe, oh, it's the right thing. If it, if it were me, I'd probably just for the pure enjoyment of it is to make a, a an entire like mint planter pot. And then when people come over, we can be like, ooh, let's do like a tasting party. <laughs> Why not? And and the great thing is mint grows incredibly well. Yeah. Pro tip, don't ever plant mint in your garden. Oh, you're like in a garden bed. Yeah. Don't plant it in a bed. It can it can take off like a weed. It can like a hundred percent become invasive. Ouch. Yeah, uh, mint works best in a pot. Okay. But mint grows really well. So if you're somebody, maybe you don't have the greenest of thumbs, plant mint. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you want you want to get one of those easy wins in the wing column. Yeah. Mint, well, looking at you. Like. The one thing that I noticed down in the uh, annuals department, thinking about like the most popular flowers that you grow here in Canada, petunia, geranium. Yeah. They are just in abundance. And I saw like different colors, first of all. And then like the galaxy style. That that deep purple and white flecks. Yeah, but you can also get them in like pink and white flecks too. I've only seen the dark ones. Well, there's there's a plant, it's an annual, uh, and it's uh, verbena. Yes. And it's a trailer. Yeah. Okay, it's a Ben Spiller. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up until I hear from Ben Spiller or his lawyers. <laughs> Cease and desist. Yeah. And I remember a few years ago, well, okay, I, I, I'm, who am I kidding? It, I'm not going to like not age myself. Decades ago, we were doing planters in Montreal and we did, we did the planters. And for whatever reason, I can't honestly remember why, uh, we had some left over. We're like, oh, what are we going to do with this? Yeah. And I was like, meh put it in the bed. Yeah. Like let's, let's put it in as like a bedding out plant. So we did, this was a plant we'd only ever used as a trailer. It formed an incredible carpet. Wow. And it flowered and where it was spreading as it was growing across the ground, it was rooting. So it was actually establishing. Now the, the winter absolutely killed it. We, we, we left it cause we were like, hmm, I wonder, no, it died. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, thrived and it formed this absolutely gorgeous carpet. So then we started using it as a uh, ground cover bedding out plant. That's incredible. And we'd put it with other bedding out plants 
Because even if it did get slightly invasive, the winter will take care of it. Yeah. So you don't have any worries. You can clean it out. And that was exactly what you were talking about, trying something different. Yeah. We had some left over. If it hadn't worked, meh, we haven't lost anything. It did work, and we found a brand new way to utilize this plant. If you had to, if you had to guess, I doubt there'd be any real hard data on it. I mean, there must be sales from from like the greenhouse growers. That that would be the best way to find out. What would your guess be for most popular uh, annual in all of Canada? Who all of Canada, not just Calgary. All of Canada. Yeah. Ooh, all is of Canada. this a trick question? Nope, I don't know the answer. Oh, you don't know the answer? No, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, no, you don't be. Oh my good. <laughs> you look at me and start typing at the same. Okay, I'll make I'll make my guesses. I would say geranium, impatient, and begonia. Those are those are going to be. I know there's there's three there. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with impatient. I would have thought like for sure the petunia, just because there's so many different varieties. Impatient, though, one of the things that people use them for is. They're they're so incredibly hardy, not to the frost, yeah, for everything else, but they can also take really dense shade and keep blooming. Oh yeah, and they're easy now. Begonias can as well, but begonias I find some people don't particularly like the look of the the leaf. They love the flower, they don't like the leaf. It's like waxy. Yeah, yeah. The, the wax leaf begonia. I know some people who just they do not find it appealing at all. My guess would be the impatient, possibly the geranium. Yeah. The other thing about the impatient. You can normally buy uh, a dozen of them for relatively cheap. Yeah. So you can fill a larger area with them. So I would go with the impatient, but I genuinely don't know. I love how you chose both like shade loving annuals, like the impatient and the begonia there. It's and, And for me, when I go down into the greenhouse, I see what do we have the most of? Geranium just seems to be like the thing that we have tables upon tables upon tables of and tomatoes. Oh, okay. You're not allowed to throw like a, I'm talking flowers. You're not allowed to hit me with curveballs. Like so many geraniums and tomatoes. Haha, <laughs> screw you, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I'm just hazarding a guess. Have, have you looked it up? Is there any hard data? Yeah. So the answer is um, nobody knows. Okay. Good answer. I'm reading between the lines, though, and it's impatient. <laughs> I have no idea. I, uh, yeah. Okay. We might not know because uh, we're dealing with customers, but the greenhouse growers, they must know that we have to grow X amount to meet the demand of the people we're supplying to. Yeah. You know, you talk you talk to Jeanette, she could probably tell you off the top of her head what the best sellers are. Yeah. So that 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 has to be maybe we need to compile that data. I was like, we need to call Jeanette. Yeah. We need to bring Jeanette in on this. And springtime in a garden center. Jeanette is like the manager of the annual department. Be like, Jeanette, do you have time for the podcast? She'd she'd probably throw something at me. Calling her right now. <laughs> Wait while I transfer your calls. We're going to get Jeanette on the line. Our lifeline. Yeah. What time is it? Oh, she might be gone for the day. Are we too late? Oh, hello. It's Jeanette. (laughs) The most popular plant is impatient. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, crap. Yeah. So follow up. We should do that. We should um we should find out from Jeanette and then um and then we should just like we should update that on the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. I am um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with uh my three guesses though. Yeah. Uh impatient geranium begonia. Okay, my three guesses are um geranium, petunia, tomato. I, I, enough with your tomato. <laughs> Tomatoes have flowers, so technically. Well, I, oh my god, I can't I swear to god if Jeanette answers tomato, I'm done. 
I'm walking. I'm gonna pull a diva. I'm gonna take my uh, my my head goggles off, and I'm just gonna walk out. Head goggles. I'm gonna be like, I'm out. You know what the great thing is, though. I, I I like that answer because because the correct answer is whatever you want to grow. Exactly, and that's what this long weekend should be about. It's whatever you yep. want to do. What's gonna work well for you this growing season and make that happen? What What's yep. the safest way to garden this weekend? Dealing with the weather. Be adaptable. Just because you did it last year doesn't mean you have to do it this year. Just because you didn't do it last year doesn't mean you can't do it this year. Yep. You know, if you've already done your planting, good on you. Yep. If you haven't. Get out and do it. If it's too smoky or too hot, wait until you can do it in the cool of the evening or the morning. Stretch, hydrate, SPF. There's do your lawn or do no more May. Just because it's the May long weekend, it's a it's a timely reminder, but you don't have to do it all this weekend. Pace yourself. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> This week's question uh, comes from our Instagram at Madison Sanger, who says, can I take my houseplants outside for the growing season and then bring them back in in the fall? I've actually, you know what? I've been asked that more this year. I, I don't know exactly why. Short answer is yes. With a, with a couple of rules, say you've got a pothos. Yeah. Uh, and it's growing in a, you know, an area of your home that doesn't get a ton of light. Some people put them in their bathroom, doesn't get a ton of light, likes the humidity. And you move that outside and put it in full sun with no humidity, it's probably not going to enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Because it's already used to a certain growing condition. So you want to try and replicate like for like. But if you have plants that, you know, they love the brightness and the full sun and whatnot, yeah, absolutely get them outside. Um, I used to put my orange tree out every summer. So you're going to want to check watering. Watering will not be the same. So maybe inside you water every five days, once a week. Outside you might be watering every two days. Oh, okay. And then the the other factor is we're, we're bringing our house plants outside. To, it's almost like summer camp for them. <laughs> Off you go to summer camp, buddy. <laughs> but then when uh, when you bring your plant in, I really, really recommend before you bring it in, start treating it. It might have picked up spider mite. Oh, I thought you were like, treat it with kindness or oh, something. No, treat it with chemicals. Oh, okay. <laughs> treat it with uh, bug spray, like an end all. Now, I don't recommend doing the predator bugs. And the reason for that is if you don't see bugs on it, you can't buy predator bugs because you don't know what you're combating. Yeah. So getting something like an end all. Uh, so I used to do that on my orange tree every year. I had no idea if it had uh, aphids or what. And I didn't want to bring that in. So before I brought it in, you know, I keep an eye on the weather and be like, oh, it's starting to get a bit cooler. I think I'm going to bring it in. I'd make sure I give it a couple of real heavy, good, like heavy duty soakings with endol. Yeah. Never had any problems. Can you use endol on like a citrus kind of yep. plant where it has fruit? Yeah. Uh, re always read the instructions. Now, I'm going to say I did, but I had no intention of ever eating oh, those oranges. Yeah. Right. So always, always read the manufacturer's directions. Uh, a lot of them will, uh, they'll have um, a, a part on it uh, that is uh, safe to use before harvest. Okay. So some of them might say, do not use two weeks before harvest. Okay. Okay. Follow that. Uh, absolutely follow that. Some chemical sprays might say, do not use on edibles. Okay. So always, always read the back. Don't just assume you can. If it's purely an ornamental, yeah, end all is fine. But yeah, get, get your plants outside. Take them on summer vacation. All right. Oh, uh, other thing I'm going to quickly add to that. I talked about the sun. Uh, you may want to be careful for rain. If you take a plant outside, obviously hail and whatnot, but what we don't always consider is uh, the rain that comes down. And our, our indoor plants, some people have them in cover pots. 
So it's fine if you're watering inside with a watering can. If you water a little heavy, the cover pot can take it. You put it outside, that cover pot might fill completely with water and you're drowning your plant. So keep an eye on it. Maybe lift them out the cover plant. Keep an eye on them for the conditions. Other than that, yeah, they will absolutely thrive outdoors. Good luck with your house plants out in the garden this season. And if there's something that you've been wanting to learn more about, uh, reach out to us by email, social at goldenacre.ca. You can interact on our Instagram at goldenacregarden. And we also have our SpeakPipe app over at goldenacre.ca slash podcast. You can send us an anonymous note, a voice message. We'd love to feature those more on the show. Um, And next Sunday, we are going to be covering fertilizer. This has been a huge topic, and I'm so glad that we're finally going to be able to cover it. Arguably, it's one of the most important aspects gardening and one of the most intimidating. So, you know, let's uh, let's debunk that. Let's uh, let's take the intimidation yeah. factor off it and uh, and make it more accessible because it, it, it really it can be a game changer. Catch that episode next Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time on your favorite podcast platform. And we can't wait to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your comments, your ideas, and we'll see you next weekend. Bye, everyone. <laughs>